I really do enjoy the music. And, uh, okay. Thank you, David. Thank you. Well, the Lord is I was thinking about, I don't know why this thought came to my mind, obviously, but all the, all the different people that come into our lives through the body of Christ. It's a wonderful thing. And uh, if we didn't know the Lord and we weren't in the body of Christ, there's so many different people we wouldn't know and wouldn't have contact with, wouldn't have fellowship with. So it's a wonderful thing. Okay, well, the Lord, we always need the Lord, right? No matter what, we always need him, need him when we speak. And let's just ask him to help us. Lord, we just want to come before you. We thank you that you are with us, but we want to really be reminded of that. We want to be the ones who depend on you and just quiet our hearts before you. Ask that by your spirit you will guide. Uh, we always are needy but we thank you that you always are sufficient. So we, we just ask you to do your work, your way, and we just submit ourselves to you to have that accomplished. In Christ's name, amen. We talk about faith uh, in, in part this morning. Faith is so critical because we are saved by grace through faith. So that, that is the beginning, right, of our Christian life. And then it says in 2 Corinthians, we walk by faith, not by sight. So it is to be our part, a critical component of our walk in the Christian life. And then we, this morning we talked about Faith is absolutely essential for endurance. I, if we were just going to sit and share things that are hard or have been hard in our life, uh, it takes endurance to keep living the Christian life going forward. That, takes, that requires faith. And then we also mentioned this morning that it requires faith to end up with a great reward. It, 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 if we don't have faith, we don't walk by faith, we don't have endurance through faith, our reward is not going to be what God wants it to be. God wants to reward us. He wants to reward us. So we want to learn to walk by faith effectively, even through the hard times. And er everybody goes through hard times. You're not exempt. You live, you're, you're, born, uh, you're born into adversity. I, we, have, we have a little baby. You might remember to pray for this little baby. A dear friend of our, uh, mine, he's a co-elder, a dear, dear brother in the Christ, and his, his, his wife are uh, just real servants. And their grandson has been born, and, and they're not exactly sure of the diagnosis, but the baby almost died just this last week. So he's in the sick kids in Toronto, and uh, 
And so here you're going through this time, and of course your heart breaks, obviously, if it's your child or your grandchild, you, you, you know. So you go through hard times, right? And they're still praying. You might pray for this little, his little name is Hunter, and uh, we're praying for him and for his parents because they're, they're kind of in a struggling zone, obviously, for various reasons, but that is one of the big ones. But so endurance to keep on keeping on without throwing in the towel. So let's, I want to go back to our passage in Hebrews, and uh, we want to first look at somewhat of a description of faith, because if, if, we, if, if faith is so critical, we need to have an understanding of it, a, a handle on it, so that we can actually uh, grow in our faith, live out our faith, and not drop out of the race. The description of faith, and I just begin with Hebrews 11, as we obviously were in Hebrews 10, and I move into verse 1 of Hebrews 11, just obviously the context uh, continues on, and uh, he, he talks a whole lot about faith. As you are probably aware, Hebrews 11 is called the, uh, the, the faith chapter. Uh, now faith, verse 1, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And we'll just stop there for a moment. Now what is faith? I, actually I find in our discussions, theological discussions today, there's quite a bit of variation in how we understand faith. I remember years ago, uh, one of, uh, uh, a man who I have appreciated over the years, wrote a little article, and he basically laid out faith I, with three components. Now, we don't have to, when you come, when you live by faith, you don't have to think so much three components, but these three things are essential to having faith. And the first one, and I think of it uh, uh, just, you know, a little acrostic, uh, get it down, pat. So our acrostic is P-A-T, okay? Get it down, pat. And uh, pat, the P, is perceive the truth, perception. You have to perceive facts. That's one of the faulty ideas of the world, is that faith is just kind of what you come up with. But no, biblical faith is based on biblical facts. But you have to know those facts. That's why you who go down uh, town, which I, I, I deeply commend you for going down and sharing the gospel, but so many people in the world don't have the facts about the Bible or the gospel or any, I was talking to a good friend of mine who operates a camp, a, a Christian camp, and uh, he, he said, he, we were talking about the kids and, and what they do, it's a day camp, and so they bust kids out from the community, and a lot, of, a lot of these kids are coming from homes where there's no Christian parent, no Christian influence, but the kid, the parents just want to get rid of the kids for the day, right, or for the week, whatever. So, so but anyway, it's a great opportunity, and they bust these, these children, and, uh, but my friend was telling me, a lot of these kids, they, they were asking, you know, the kids if they want a Bible, and, uh, but a lot of the kids don't even know what a Bible is. Uh, yeah, and you've probably heard, heard similar types of things, but uh, one of the little boys, it wasn't from this year, but it was from last year, he, he said, somebody asked him if he liked the speaker, and he said, oh, he says, yeah, he says, but he sure curses a lot. He curses a lot? Well, he keeps talking about Jesus. 
And to him, that was a curse word, right? Because that's what he heard at home all the time. That's all he knew about Jesus. It's a curse word. And, uh, but, but my friend was saying to me, every year he sees fewer and fewer children who know anything about God, the Bible, Jesus, the God, and they obviously don't know anything about the gospel. So we, one of our great missions is to communicate the truth of the gospel. And, but it's not just that, but it's, we need biblical truth to have biblical faith. So you share, you know, Christ died, he rose, he's, he's God, he's had, took on humanity, he can save you, he can give you eternal life. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life. Isn't that awesome? But the people need to know that. They need to know that. And so I have the perception of truth. And then the A, I assent to that truth. I, I accept it as true. It's not enough to, to know. I mean, a lot of people, and this is the, the sad part, but we know people who have been raised in a Christian home, but they don't believe the truth. Uh, maybe they've you know gone to a situation and and a lot of times that first year of university, they're just inundated with, uh, a lot of times, I've heard more and more professors who just, their goal in life is to attack the thoughts of Christian young people who have come into that university. Isn't that, I, I just, I guess that's just the world system. But to accept it as true, that it is, that Jesus is God, Jesus took on humanity, Jesus did die on the cross, Jesus rose from the dead, that's true. If you look at, and, and faith is not just empty headedness, Biblical faith is based on facts, but we know the resurrection has huge uh, historical support. We're not, we're not airheaded. <laughs> it's not a vacuum up here. It's not, it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be based on truth. So I have this truth, these facts, and then I accept them as true. I remember one time, years back, and I'm sure I've shared this, but I, uh, this was years ago in the States, and we had a couple, and they were a real nice couple that came out to our little church, and. I shared, we went and just shared the gospel with them, and and, uh, and they they were very kind, and you know. But he, he said, "Well, I don't believe in the resurrection." And I, I said, "Well, that's part of the gospel. That's his, First Corinthians fifteen, you know, the death and the resurrection of Christ." You know, I don't. You know, he's struggling, so he he was upset because I challenged him on that, and uh, and I I probably told you this, but they left. It's just a young couple. It's kind of heartbreaking, right? They left because they were upset. Yeah. But anyway, one of the encouraging things, several years later, they came back. And he had come to faith in Christ. Because he not only knew the facts, but he accepted them as true. He assented to them. And then, that last component, that T, which you probably understand, is just trust. I trust that truth. I trust Jesus and his work on my behalf. I trust, I put the weight of my life on that. And uh, it, it's such a wonderful thing when somebody just, they trust him as their savior. And uh, you know, you, there's lots of, lots of uh, ways to describe trust. You know, you get on a plane, you, you, you're trusting that, right? Some people are trying, they have, oh, you love little faith. <laughs> I remember one time there was two, two young lady, gals, they were, I think they were sisters, and they were going someplace, and we, you know, had, had three rows, and uh, I happened to be on their row, and oh man, it was the most nervous trip I've ever been on. <laughs> they got on the plane, they trusted the plane, but boy, were they nervous the whole trip, right? Every little bounce, every little bump. But it doesn't take a lot of faith to get saved, but it, it's, 
it does mean you have to trust. Trust. So, Pat, perception of truth, acceptance that that true, or assent that that is true, and trust that. And we're trusting Christ. And it's, it's, it's by faith. It's not something you see, it, as our passage will bring out, but it's that trust. And so we want people to trust Christ as their personal Savior. Wonderful when that happens. And, uh, but, but it's not just for the Christian life. It's not just, I should say, for the beginning of the Christian life. But we are, the more we learn, the more facts that we glean through our study of Scripture, we take those facts in, and then we walk trusting that truth. Uh, you know, just think, just think when you're going through a really hard time. Uh, one of our favorite verses, Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good to those who love God. Let's, let's say you're in a health crisis, and, and, uh, and, but you, you know that verse, and so you don't know why God has allowed this in your life, but you say, you know, God, I know you love me. You said all things will work together. Not that all things are good, okay? But all things work together for good and say, I'm gonna trust you in this. I'm gonna trust you. I know I'm going to the hospital. I don't know how this cancer things are gonna come out. I'm not sure what's gonna happen. But I just trust you that you're gonna bring about good through this. So you, you trust him for that. And then maybe it's just, God, I, I don't think I can do this. And so, like I said this morning, one of my favorite verses is, I, I, all, I, can, I can do all things, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for powers perfected in weakness. Well, I bring all the weakness to the table and the Lord has all the strength, right? So I trust him for that day that you think, I can't get through this day. I don't know how I'm gonna handle this. And I trust him for his grace to carry me. And, and so it, those verses, you just, you, you trust him. And so the more you learn, the more you glean from God's word, the more you can trust him. And you, you perceive truth, you accept it as true, and then, you, and then you just live it out. You trust him as you're going on your journey. And, and that's where people, dear, dear Christians, really cut themselves off short. Because if you don't know the scriptures, and you're not growing, I mean, you don't have to be a, a theologian. We're not saying that. You don't have to be a scholar. But you need to be in the word where the word of God is, is permeating your thinking. Because God, what I've learned, and I'm sure you've probably learned this too, what God maybe taught you a month ago or a year ago, you need it today, but you learned it then, and now you can hold on to it today. But if you didn't learn it a year ago, then you get in a crisis, and you think, well, where are you, God? You're not here for me. Well, he's here for you, but you don't know he's here for you. You don't know how he's sufficient for you. And so you can't really trust him in that crisis. And God wants us to trust him wherever we're at. So he, he says, this is, this is so critical to trust him. And, uh, and notice, as, as we have our verse, we move on. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. He's describing, he's describing uh, faith. It's assurance or certainty. It's that idea of trust, confident assurance, as one puts it. And an idea of resting or reliance upon. The assurance of things hoped for. Now, hope for why? Well, hope for because God promised them. Not just, I hope this is going to happen. I hope I get a million dollars. You know, God has promised something, and you're counting on that promise, right? And it's, it's, it, you, you, you're assured of hope, but hope always assumes it's out front. It's not, it's not here today. It's not right here, but you're looking forward. So assurance, confidence, trust uh, in his promises, and it gives, I have hope. And, and how we need hope in our day. Oh, dear. So many dear people are just kind of, they're going through life and there's just no meaning. There's just no hope. Every, they're, so, they're so broken inside. 
And there's nothing to look forward to. And, and so no, ma no wonder so many people are on it. You know, all kinds of things, trying all kinds of stuff to fill, you know, to give some meaning and give some hope. But God gives us, gives us hope. Now, uh, what, what, do you, you know, what is something you think is out front and, and you're hoping on, you're, you're hoping it? Well, uh, I, I was just thinking of this passage, and of course, I'm, sh I'm sure the concept is, is not new at all, but in, in Revelation 21, just think, this is, this is something we have hope for. Down, down the road, down in the future, uh, we think of the city, the city that we're awaiting. And it says in verse 10, of, this is Revelation 21. I'm just giving you a taste of what you already know. He carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem. This is what's coming. Coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her brilliance was like a very costly stone as a stone of crystal clear jasper. Now, I can't, I just can't, I can't really envision this, right? But can you imagine heaven? Can you imagine it's gonna be boring there? God is a God not only of excellence and power, but he is a God of beauty. And this, this is going to be a glowing place. I don't know if you have to wear sunglasses or not, but it's going to be awesome, right? It's going to be the, the glistening. God has, is into beauty. And heaven is going to be so, it's not going to be boring. It's going to be exciting. I mean, even we're going to be, you know, like as you read on down the passage, you're going to be walking on gold streets. I mean, that, that's kind of cool. After a while, you might, you might get bored of gold. I don't know. But is, wouldn't that be amazing, what we got ahead of us? So that's something we hope for. And some people look at us and say, you are absolutely out of your gourd, right? <laughs> no, no, no. We are assured of what is coming for us in heaven because God promised that wonderful? God is God loves us so much, and He's got the most, He's got the best for us. It'd be awesome. We can't, it says you can't even grasp what's coming. We can't even get it. We have glimmer, but we don't have the full. But but what we do get, we have hope. And so we're assured of this, assured of things hoped for. And then conviction of things not seen. Conviction of things not seen uh, in our passage. Um, the, th the things that now, that, that's where faith comes in. You, you haven't seen it yet. And so, you know, people say, well, I, I'll only believe it if I can see it. Well, again, that's, that's where they lack faith, biblical faith. Now, just, just think of this. This is an illustration on down in our passage in Hebrews 11, 7. Think of this. By faith, in verse 7, Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen, okay, not yet seen, in Reverence prepared an ark for the salvation of his household. And if you drop down, and it goes on the very last phrase of verse 7, according to faith. faith. So, now just think about this. God comes to Noah. I, I've been reading the earlier part of Genesis. And he comes to Noah, and he, and he and of course the world, what, you know, it says the world had become so violent. It's amazing how how fast we decline in our sin, right? The world had become so violent, we would have just wiped out the population ourselves. And so God says, okay, Noah, Noah was a righteous man, he, he believed God, he, he had, he, he, God said, okay, I got a job for you. I want you to build an ark. Ark? What is an ark? It's kind of like a boat. Have you ever seen a, a speedboat, Noah? No. Have you ever seen a cruiser? No. 
Yeah, can you imagine? Now, it took over 120 years to build this ark. Some have speculated it may not have even rained on the earth at that point. Can you imagine? Can you imagine your neighbor? Let's just say you're going to build something in your backyard and there's no reason for it in their mind. You are the most silly person on the block. And for 120 some years, people are making fun of you. You've got to be kidding. And then, of course, the neighbors, I, we, we, you, you might have a neighbor like this, you know, anytime you inter, you know, they're always calling people to say, hey, there, there are things parked in front of my house. You know, come and make a mover, right? <laughs> I have a neighbor, and he, he has a neighbor, and uh, they don't really get along all that well. But you can imagine somebody's building this huge ark, and, and they don't, and people can't not, they cannot even imagine the rain, the water. They can't, it's invisible. It's invisible. But Noah believed God, and why? And he built this, this crazy big boat. He built this crazy big boat because he believed God. And so, you know, sometimes God asks us, now we don't want to do stupid stuff, but if it's in God's word, we should do it. And the world's going to say, you're goofy. You, you just, <laughs> where's it? You know, what's wrong with you? But we're not, we don't want to look to the world for our advice. We want to look to the Lord for his truth. Hang on to his truth. And that's faith. And so Noah did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. And God saved not only his family, but he saved us. Isn't that amazing? If it wouldn't have been for Noah doing that, we would be gone. We ultimately come through him, his line, right? And so, anyway, faith, this is so critical for us to, to get it and to listen to what God says, to love what he says because he cares about us. And it's, it somewhat describes what he, what he has for us. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And it's hard to live by faith when you can't see it. But notice this, verse 2, for by it the men of old gained approval. The approval of faith that endures. For by it, by faith, the men of old, these heroes of the faith, and, and a lot of those heroes are in this passage, they gained approval. They gained God's approval. Uh, now notice, if you remember back we, when we were in chapter 10 this morning, it says, uh, verse 38, but my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him, okay? God wants us to walk by faith. Now, if we don't walk by faith, and let's just say we, we, don't, we don't, like we talked this morning, we just cast the word aside, it's not a part of our life, it's, we're not taking it in, and we're just kind of walking on our own, our faith shrinks. Our salvation is not lost, but our faith shrinks. And so we, we don't really please God. You know, one of the reasons, I've got to take this off or I'm going to shrink. Uh, one of the reasons faith is so critical, if you, if you think of it in Romans, and it's in Romans chapter 4, 20, and it, it says, Abraham faith, and as he grew in his faith, he brought glory to God. You see, faith brings glory to God. Why? Because God's statements are believed. God said, I've done all this for you. I just want you to believe me. Trust me. And when we trust him, what happens? God gets the glory. He gets the glory. And then, he's, when he's glorified, he's pleased 
with our responses. He's pleased with our lifestyle. He's pleased with our choices. He's pleased with our behavior because he's getting the glory. He's getting the credit. And so we bring pleasure to him. And, and, we, and, we, and he had his approval. Now, we're not saved by this. Well, obviously, we're saved through faith, but we are pleasing to him. We have his approval as we walk trusting him. Because he, it's just, it's all about him. He's big. We're little. We're dinky. But he's awesome. And so we trust him. He gets the credit. And so that brings, that brings God's smile, we might say, upon us, on our life. And uh, we don't want to shrink back. We want to grow in our faith. And uh, these, those who do uh, bring uh, pleasure to God and it brings approval from God to us. You might notice in the same concept and just dropping your eyes down to verse six, without faith it is impossible to please him or God for he who comes to God must believe that he is and he is a rewarder of those who seek him. This is a way we uh, grow in faith and we honor the Lord through our faith. And of course, I was, I was thinking about uh, this and I, I forgot before we started, but inside the door, in here in the little library is, is Mrs. Geimer's picture. And uh, I don't know if you put that there, Jane, but that, I was really pleased that you put that picture in there. I saw it this morning. And most of you, well, you probably don't remember, most of you wouldn't have had an opportunity to know Mrs. Geimer. But I think, and Hank, you would know this, I think she was run over by a bus twice, right? Yeah, I think so, <laughs> two separate times. I don't think she was paying attention in the crosswalk, but anyway. But anyway, this dear little, dear little, sweet, sweet lady. And used to the library wasn't here, but it was down there in the entryway uh, when you'd walk in. And Mrs. Geimer would be there with her uh, walker because she'd been run over by a bus twice, right? So, <laughs> so anyway, she has this little walker and, and, and people would come in and people of all kinds of, uh, all kinds of backgrounds. And she would just reach out to them and love them and care about them. And you know, I think today, I think one, and, and I said this to David, I think one of the wonderful things about Norbrook, and I know no church is perfect, I know that, but there's a love and an acceptance of people of all kinds of backgrounds and situations. I think that's a, but you know what? Mrs. Geimer is one of the people that set that tone. Now, she was a terrible driver. Not only she got run over, but I remember you had to have faith to watch her back out here, you know? <laughs> It was like, oh God, protect this lady and the rest of us, right? But anyway, she was a woman of faith. She was a woman of faith. And uh, just, you know, I just think it brought, she brought pleasure of the Lord upon her. And, and so that's what we want to have God's pleasure. We want to have his approval as we go through life and just bring honor to him, glory to him, and, uh, and keep on keeping on for him. For by it, the men of old, and we would say the women of old, gained approval, God's approval. Now, let's, let's just think a little bit more in this, in this zone. An example of faith in verse 3. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God. By faith, we understand one, one has said, the world says seeing is believing. God says believing is seeing. 
Now, I, I really appreciate uh, David and his understanding of creation. And uh, we were talking about Henry Morris and his, the, the impact of his ministry uh, about creation. I, I so thank the Lord for his, him paving the way for, for many others who have followed. And just as May said tonight, probably have a creation ministry that will come here. Well, he is one of the individuals that sparked that, that whole movement of, the, of taking a stand. We believe in creation. Now, but the world would say to us, many would say, you gotta be kidding, right? That, that, that didn't, that, that couldn't have, you know, been a creation. It had to be some big bang or something or whatever, right? Why do we believe in creation? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, I think there's lots of evidence to support creationism and creation. But we ultimately believe it because of faith. We didn't see it. We weren't there. But we believe it because of faith. Because, not because we just made it up, but because God said it. And he said it, that's the, the facts. And, and we, we've heard the facts, we accept the facts, we trust the facts. And so, it's, it's interesting, if you, if you go with David, you know, and he'll see a rock, he sees something I never saw in it, right? He said, oh, that, that's a rock there, you know, and he knows how it got there, you know? It's amazing, right? But God ultimately put it there. And God is the creator. And so we, we believe that, though. It's one of the things we didn't see, but it's something we can believe. And what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. That's, it's just so amazing. It's so beyond. Uh, and, the, and the concept, the word here, utterance by which God summoned into existence what had no existence before. That's how amazing God is. Using, uh, referring to some verses in Psalm 33. By the word of Yahweh were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. I just think, thank you, thank you, thank you, God. I, uh, I, I really have. I, I, I don't know if it's getting older. <laughs> Maybe I'm just getting more uh, sappy. I don't know. But uh, I just, it amazes me what God has made. I just, I just amazed me. I, I, I don't know if I, I don't think I said this uh, today, but just Marty and I, my wife and I were driving along the other day and, and uh, we were in a part of the country I don't usually, I'm not usually in, and we were coming back on a Sunday and it was just amazing. I just thought, God, I, this is one of the most beautiful places on the planet. This is so awesome. And the colors and there were big rocks, and David would like that, and, and all this stuff, it's just amazing. I thought, God, thank you, you made this. This is amazing. And then I thought, God, thank you for allowing me to see what you have made, because he made my eyes too, right? And you say, God, you're just so amazing. You're so amazing. And, and we praise him. See, but, but that's out of faith. That's out of faith, right? And, and as, as we see what God has done, we just say, God, thank you. And that brings glory back to him. Faith that endures, and we said this this morning, but that, that faith needs to keep growing in these various areas. And uh, the thing is, we don't want our faith to falter. Now, I just want to deal with a few more illustrations, and I want to watch my time here. Uh, notice what it says as, as you drop your eyes down. 
by faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain. Uh, now, you remember the story? Uh, Abel offered an animal sacrifice, and I don't know if Cain raised, uh, you know, like plums or, <laughs> or pears or whatever, but he, he grew crops. And so Cain's thought, well, I'm going to bring God, I'll bring him what I raise. And I, you know, don't you imagine it was beautiful? Don't you imagine it was gorgeous fruit? Uh, or whatever he brought, he brought. And the, but Abel, Abel brought the sacrifice of a lamb. He raised, he raised lambs and he brought the sacrifice and it was a blood sacrifice and probably in part reflecting the future of Christ's sacrifice. But the point was God determined and in, in, in his way instructed them what they should bring. Cain says, no, you know, I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do it my way. And Cain kind of had his own religion. You know, we think today you can kind of come up with your own deal. You know, it, it, I remember years and years ago, there was this guy, uh, and this was in California, so you can you kind of enter into how this would work. But he was going to come up with his own religion. I remember this guy, and I thought, boy, if you get started, he already had uh, the aroma for the religion. <laughs> I, knew, I knew where that was coming from. But anyway, he was going to start his own religion, right? Well, you know, in our world, it, it, that's kind of normal. But no, no, God says, you have to do it my way. You have to go by my truth. And Abel did, Cain didn't. You remember what happened? It was, it was, just, it was just terrible. I, I can't imagine. You know, I have two sons. I love both our sons. Can you imagine if one son killed the other son? And the very first, the very first sons, the very first murder, Cain killed his brother because he was angry that God was, was not accepting of his sacrifice. I just can't imagine that. I can't imagine that. But Cain was not a man of faith. Abel was, because Abel knew what God wanted. He had communicated in some manner. Both the boys had opportunity to respond. Actually, God, as you remember the story, God came to Cain and gave him a chance. He says, hey, your, ang your, anger is over your anger's over the top here. Deal with it. Don't let it get the best of you. And of course, Cain wouldn't listen to God. And he killed his brother. I just, I just can't grasp that. He killed him. And then he didn't care. He just, you know, he just walked away. He said, well, my brother's keeper. Remember when God said, where's your brother? But I, want, I just want to highlight this little point in this story. Now just go back to our verse. And it says, By faith Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous. God testifying about his gifts, and through faith, though he is dead, he still speaks. Now, I guess I just want to highlight this, and, this and, we'll, and we'll stop here. To walk by faith, to walk by faith is not always easy. It's not always fun. In fact, it may be a terrible sacrifice. Abel lost his life because he walked by faith. Now, that wasn't the end of the story, though. Abel still speaks. 
his testimony still resonates. I think what we need to remember, all of us have a different path. We're all on a different journey. Some of us, it's going to be a great year, right? Some of us, it's not going to be a great year. It's just, you know, who knows? We're walking along. But if we walk by faith, if we trust God, we trust what he says, we walk by faith, you know what? Our testimony will continue to ring out beyond our lifetime with the Lord tarries. And, and then you know what happens when it's all wrapped up? We get a mega reward. <laughs> it doesn't get better. Because the mega reward, as we said this morning, is an everlasting reward. And God wants to encourage us. He, and you know, we, if we went through the rest of this chapter, Hebrews 11, there are some that they had faith and they had a glorious outcome in this world. There are others who had a terrible outcome in this world. But both groups, whether it was triumphant or tragic, when it's all wrapped up, it will be a mega reward because they live by faith. I just want to encourage, I want to encourage myself. I just want to, I want to finish the race in faith. Let's pray that God will help us all. God, we don't want to be simplistic and we, and we sure don't want to be callous when people are hurting. And, and we also know we've all made mistakes. We've all went off the road somewhere. We know that. So we're not trying to, to point our finger our bony finger at somebody to put them down. What we ask is that if we've run off the rail, we get back on the road. And we want to pray for those who have run off and pray that they'll get back on the road. And Father, we want to pray that our faith will increase. It will grow. will bring glory to you. <laughs> and Father, we want to really make this life count and finish with a mega reward. I pray that for each one of us. In Jesus' name.